Welcome to So Far So Rare. I'm joined by my friend Quinny, the perfect guide to test drive a new format. I'm going to try and be a little more structured. Don't be worrying, we're still going to talk shite. But we'll try and actually talk about interesting things. Quinny, how's things? It's You, have, you were on pretty recently, weren't you? Yeah, I think it might have been January or something. Must have been not too long ago. Your birthday on, which is was, good. what, six days ago? Yeah, six days ago. Um, I, it's good, actually, it feels Thanks very much. Uh, actually, it feels like much longer ago now, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> such as time in, in the, the Sorare universe uh, at the yeah. moment. So, yeah, that's me now. 35. 35? I'm 30 this year. That's a big one. An old man. Um, so, look, just to run people through the kind of okay. shake-up I'm looking at, this is a rough structure that I've kind of... I took a lot of feedback from people on Twitter. This is roughly what my plan is for each week. We're, we're sort of, I don't know, still open to feedback. want to dial the show in a wee bit. Um, so we're going to start with three talking points for the week. I'm going to pick three every week instead of rambling on for seven. I'm going to give you some pump permission, Quinny, where you can pump some players. I'm going to go and tell you a story of the week. Some people didn't want it to become too structured and too so rare. So there's going to be a little two-minute section thrown in somewhere where I'm going to tell you my story of the week outside so rare. And if you don't give a fuck about that, you can skip forward. It's wonderful. So rare R&D, research and development. Quinny, you're going to give us a feature you'd add to the game. We're going to answer some listeners' questions. We've picked out our three favourites. You're going to play the Cap Cup. We're going to pick three players for this weekend. And you can see, we're going to see how much they can outscore their cap total by. And we're going to keep a run on leaderboard for the season. Maybe I'll come up with a creative creative prize. I have an Atibo still in the locker. I bought it back. So maybe it can be the prize again. And uh, that's kind of the running order for today. So look, let us know the sections you like and you don't like and all the rest on social media. Um, and on underneath the YouTube video. But that's what we're going to do. Quinn, are you excited? You're, you're, the, you're, the, you're the guinea pig. You're the, the Quinny pig. pig. You're the Quinny pig. pig. <laughs> yes. The Quinny pig it is. Oh my god, that's an incredible nickname for you. I can't believe that's I well, just made maybe that. Maybe just for maybe just for this video only, <laughs> right? And then <laughs> let's make that stick, Quinny. No, 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 no. There's no need for that. That's amazing. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna start with three talking points. The first talking point of the day is Sancho's unique price. I believe it sold for about $4,000. Quinny, talk to me. What were your thoughts? Uh, shocking awe was um, my main thoughts. I think, like, I got real deja vu to when I got my McGregor unique. It auctioned around, in terms of ETH terms, basically around the same kind of price. And uh, mm. when I seen it, I just, you know, but, but it's one of those ones where, uh, yes, it's very much auctioned for an eye-catching amount because we know basically that the reason it is eye-catching right is for a few reasons it's a unique obviously as we're all aware right but Jaden Sancho is like quite a prominent you know like figure in world football yeah uh-huh and he's at Man United the biggest team in the world on paper and commercially and all the rest of it and we know if you look at his historical scores like it's in the Bundesliga and that's a bit different than the Premier League we all know that of course right but the unique and with all those details that going around it, man, two ETH just feels super light. Mm. But the only kind of solace I kind of took from is it, is it was Bellama. So, like, imagine I had three ETH and I seen that running. Like, it's going to go for three and a half ETH. Like, you yeah. know, like he would have still won it off of me. You know, yeah. so me having two point one ETH wouldn't have. I wouldn't have won it. You know, kind of thing is the kind of solace I take out of it. But very eye catching, and it's kind of everyone's kind of used it almost as like the the um like the picture of the market at the moment you know yeah yeah the timing i'm, I'm trying to look up bellama here's manchester united because i think that's a part on point or maybe i'm just full of shite maybe have i got this wrong has he not bought any rares or limiteds anyway um it it, it kind of caught us off guard i think because it, every reason you said Jaden sancho you know how promising a talent he was you know he was one of the he was probably the i don't know the talent of two years ago like absolutely yeah. the guy he was the i don't know who, who's today's top top talent it's hard because they're all like mbappe's and already. yeah maybe something like that sancho two years ago was the guy anyone new to the game or who hasn't really followed international football till recently he was like Top, 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 top tier. I mean, United bottom. I think most of us thought he was going to fit in like a glove and rip up the league because he was such a baller for Dortmund. He does have another year's under-23 eligibility. Um, the, the price really did shock me, and I think it shocked everyone. That's that's the whole reason we're talking about it. But, I mean, the market isn't in a great place. Bellamy was probably going to win that regardless of what happened. It's one of those where 
there was no wheel. Like, I, I'm surprised someone like an AJ didn't push him further. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. that that's that's a part of the game. I think people often maybe they don't forget it, but so rare of such a lean towards free to play and new players on budgets recently. I think obviously because the large percentage of the market are in that sort of arena. You need to remember how important wheels are for the game. And they need to be treated well. And this goes back to the coin conversation and how many coins people in Unique and Super Rare are getting and the yield they get and their thresholds. You should want the top of the game to be as appealing as possible. Because if Jaden Sancho's Unique's going for 2 eighth, what's his Super Rare going for? What's his Rare going for? And what's the limited that you have of him going for? It's a trickle-down thing. And we, we want the top of the game to be as appealing as possible for larger accounts to come in and want to play it. Um, So I think people... It's almost like... This should be a wake up in terms of like how important wheels are for the game. I think we're going to talk a bit about that when we get to questions, but I don't know. I just think um I think the main thing that goes around with these unique cards, it's like that's what they should offer is that high roller status. And what does high roller status as a sore air manager really mean? You know, and for the last couple of years it's meant, as we kind of know, exclusive dominance to basically a bit of a money machine on that podium in terms yeah. of the cards that were pullable and uh, the the fresh and the you know the threshold but podium payments in quite a small competitive environment for so long um so it's now really so rare haven't really revamped what it means to be a high roller on so rare but they've revamped what it means to be new about mm-hmm. 12 times at this point to the extent where like me and you talk about individually and together you know like it's night and day to what it was four months ago never mind two years ago you know kind of thing yeah by this point, and it's just, that's the level of the game that just hasn't, and uh, there's probably lots of good intention, and there is lots of, like, you know, there is, like, that change they made that really annoyed me, and probably annoyed, like, the band of managers I'm in all got probably quite frustrated by this, um, and it was when they came out and said, like, D2 could never exceed D1 for that, all, before they redone the tiers and made it quite yeah. apparent that that offering was never really there in the first place, if that makes sense, but... Mm. You know, little things like that of all that's kind of came with that high roller status, as well as the trappings have been victorious and having all the cards to select from and all the rest of it. You know, but like anything, like I say, poker and esports is all. When me and you get together, it's always the stuff we can. I compare this against, I suppose, mm. in these conversations as well. Um, but in those arenas as well, and in any of these kind of gaming competitive kind of formats, like you know, high roller status has to come with something. You know, and if it's like all the extra coins and you can be pulling out, you know, VIP tickets out your backside and signed this mm-hmm. and all the rest of it, then that's definitely something. But like a lot of people are calling for it. And like like we've seen or, you know, like like we have seen since it's been announced, like all the extra money payments that they've made now, like, it's, you know, the, the best way to make it true high roller status is to put like wedge against it, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> is to really like make that a fat competition to get involved in, you know. Yeah. But, there's obviously a lot of like science or economics, or I don't even know what it is that goes into it. Because if you're so rare and the unique threshold's what, 250 quid? Mm-hmm. 250 quid for the unique threshold. You know, if that threshold is all of a sudden two and a half grand or a grand or whatever, the unique sell for more. So for so rare, it's this way up game of how much more will the unique go for to pay for all those extra thresholds? It's I don't even know what that balance is. Is that economics? Do you know what I mean? Because if you have a higher yeah. threshold, you're you're obviously exposed more, but you're going to sell cards for much more. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know, maybe... Uh, I don't know. It, it it did come at kind of a time. I think we are kind of everyone's... It's almost, you know, like the meme of, like, the house burning down and the wee guy running around in it. It's, it mm-hmm. kind of feels that everyone's negative. And even if they do positive, it's very hard to turn that tide once sentiment goes bad. You can say really nice things and do really good things, but it's very, 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 very hard to turn. Yep. Like, how do they turn sentiment? What what needs to happen? Because it's not going to happen overnight, Quinny. And people will bitch until yep. it changes, but it's going to be a gradual change. So how do you change sentiment fast? Can you? Without just throwing money at the problem and overexposing yourself and probably doing the platform longer term? You know, they need to probably stick to their guns and trust the process but like I'm sick of people moaning and I'm not saying they shouldn't moan but I'm, I'm it, as a content creator in this space as well it's very demoralizing having to deal with it every day yeah well when you see that the prices these things going and our price it kind of came to my mind through these the, you know these kind of last couple of days of that discovery of everything that's been going on like 
I seen, for example, like a, like a Sterling super rare is on the market as a reward. Somebody won must have been a tier two or something, perhaps. Mm. It's on the market for like point seven. I thought, wow, that's something. But seven, like, yeah. but uh, you know, it, you know, don't get me wrong. Now, whenever you look at gallery values, like you know, I, I can only talk about my own gallery value, and it probably moves in a lot of different ways to a lot of other people's because I don't have a lot of high volume cards, so my prices don't really move that much, like um, that drastically. Unless it's like some of the rares I'm holding or whatever, but these um, these movements like they, they happen so often they can be so difficult to track. Mm. But when it comes to like making people happy and sentiment and all the rest of it, it is having fun with the game and it is enjoying it and it's not having bugs and quirks and random suspension of accounts and stuff like that. You know, little mm. hiccups in the road. It's everything's glossy and nice, which I think it kind of almost is at, at the moment. But now it's at a stage of there's maybe some other things that are maybe on the surface level, like tertiary um, issues or whatever that are just haven't been dealt with and now they're came to the surface and now they need dealt with in some way. Yeah. It's kind of hard to pin on something, as you say, because it's like, you know, what really is it? You know, I think there's enough cards out there. People can get the, the cards yeah. they want to play with. There's never been more money available. The tiers have never been kind of clearer to understand and be satisfied appropriately with the level of cards you're probably going to be getting. Um and, you know, a variety, so you don't need to learn any mad crazy divisions you've never heard of before. You can genuinely, you can do anything you want to that extent, you know. So it is kind of now that everything's there. And again, like me and you have spoke about like a, a billion times, like the limited scarcity, when it was brought out like 15 months ago or whatever it was, it wasn't for like 10,000 managers or however many was there. And it's probably not even still for the amount of managers we've got today, mm. you know. It's, but that is, even that scarcity is to satisfy like, the potential for a much bigger user base, you know. So, um, with the supply of that, just basically outstripping the the headcount, as it were, that's kind of the point it's got to with some of these limiteds for how cheap some of them are going. Like the amount of quality guys that are under forty quid now is brilliant. If you're brand new, like I've seen, uh, I don't know where he's at the now, but Messi, Bappe, some of these guys, limited level, like they've never been anymore. Like anyone now could genuinely look at those cards and think, mm. I could get him in a couple of months, you know. Yeah. I could get him in two weeks' time, you know, like, and that's brilliant for the platform to an extent. But if you're currently holding two Messi's and an Neymar or something, then you're probably not thinking like that. You're probably thinking quite the opposite, you know. I wrapped an ETH and a half, three ETH or whatever into a couple of these limiteds, and now, you know, combined they're worth what one used to be or something. I don't know exactly how it would break down. So it's um, and again, it's almost like something similar we've seen John with other stuff, where like at the moment there's like a hundred. Like, let's just say numbers for the sake of saying numbers, there's 100,000 managers now that feel that kind of that kind of weird feeling we're trying to name the now as we're talking. But if like, I say in like seven months time, there was like 400,000, then that's like 25% of people's perception, yeah. if that makes sense. And we've seen that having to change before with, when Limiteds first came in, most people were like, nah, not for me, da da da. And now, or even Fiat versus ETH, the whole market was in ETH. And if you mentioned in, Fiat, people didn't even, you know, people didn't get you or didn't mm. listen to you or whatever. But now it's like everyone in the market all runs on pound notes now and dollars. No one really runs on ETH as much, which is also part of the pricing thing that's going on here because a lot of that top end of the market was funded by like crypto whales, you know, wealth, digital wealth, you know, like mm. so, you know, when the majority of the market now is run on um, like the limited user base is growth and where they're source of disposable income comes from and what their game, you know, budget is and how much yield they have from the market, etc. That's now the more more of a driving force than that kind of top end wealth, which is I guess like we're kinda yeah. I'm kinda bouncing about in a few directions, I'm sorry. But No, but no, but it's it's interesting. Like it's it is really hard. Like we're not qualified to like absolutely diagnose exactly what's happening. But in my head, like I think and I'm gonna butcher Agreed. this, Quinny. I am gonna butcher this so everyone brace yourselves. But like I can't help but feel we're in this massive transition period where we all had it good for so long. Certain things have happened in the world economy and in crypto and blah, 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 where we don't have it so well. But me and you, I think, are pretty aligned on this. And I'm not saying this is the right way to be or that anyone else shouldn't feel aggrieved or feel how they want because we bought in very early. There's a lot of people who've bought in maybe the Neps and the Chinese and the Habers, I'm thinking. They're the ones who always jump out when I think of this. Bought in more recently boom time maybe spent 50k 100k and they've lost half of that they haven't lost it you could argue but their values went down but maybe to kind of find solace it's about looking at the yield 
and I know it's less liquid now, cards are worth less. And if previously you were yielding the likes of us, I don't know, two, three, four ETH a month, I don't I don't even know. And now like the yields have gone down. It's an incredibly fun game. And maybe you're still getting a two percent, three percent yield. Like per month, one percent, two percent, as opposed to four percent, five percent, whatever the numbers are. It's just this transition period to accepting that. Will we ever go back to the heights we were at? No one knows. Maybe, maybe not. I think if So Rare succeeds in five to ten years, we absolutely do. I I genuinely believe that when you look at the physical card market. I think there's so many things that tip towards NFTs. I think there's so many things that tip towards So Rare's product over Tops, Panini, or whoever else. They're very different markets. One's much more established, blah, 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 blah. But I do think it's possible that cards go for millions. I genuinely do. It might take 10 years. It might take 20 years. So rare might die before then. So rare might thrive before then. But I just think we're, we're in this awkward transition period where a lot of the old guard are kind of getting shafted somewhat. And that shafting is almost like losing what we once had. But it doesn't necessarily mean that what we have now is bad. But it's very easy to say that. Unless you're sitting on a 100 grand loss, a 20 grand loss, a 10 grand loss, a 1 grand loss, whatever's significant to you. And it's very hard to satisfy someone and keep someone happy who's re- who sees those losses in front of them. So therefore sentiment is going to be terrible with those people. But as you say, as more people come in and play this really, really fun game. Because it is genuinely the best fantasy product I've ever played. And everyone says that. Sean Newsham says that and he's a bloody professional full-time DFS player. People genuinely believe it. It is the best game. It's just maybe the yields are not what they were and people have lost money. Yeah. Therefore, there's going to be resentment and bitterness and you can do all the pleasant, wonderful, great things in the world. But ultimately, you're going to be up against a lot of resistance because people want their money. And that's where it becomes dangerous. And it was always dangerous when people got in for money or talked about money or, or, or used the yields or used the like the flipping opportunities um, as their main motivation. And maybe I've been guilty in the past of making content that kind of glorifies that and hold my hands up. Because there was a time when that was absolutely, you know, was a huge part of the game. I made five grand on Rodrigo in two weeks, lad. That was it's part a, of the game. Mate, it is a huge part of the game. It doesn't matter. Even with the market is now, like, you know, it's... It, yeah, I don't think it's... It's a part of the game that we all enjoy as well. The only part that we don't enjoy, of course, is, in, again, like it's a very underappreciated part of Soraya is that no day in history is ever the same as any other day. Like, yeah. you know, the price of ETH is always different. The amount of cards available is always different. The amount of people playing is always different, you know, on any given period of time. So if you, to do predictions, you know, most people will aggregate historic information in some way mm. and then go, trends are off-season are like this and on-season is like this and blah, blah, blah. But, like, if you look at the data from, like, a year ago, we didn't have probably half the licenses we have now give or take you know to an extent and then if you look back a year by by that there's only like a fraction of the clubs available so on and so forth so historic data doesn't it's not there it's not been old enough for a lot of these different factors but when it comes to like like uh like you know for example if if you're in big on uniques and they've went against it or whatever like you know it's not much i can kind of say but actually but if uniques like it is one of these things and we, we probably follow very similar people on Twitter as well, where you see these ones where it's like, look at this, to me, random baseball card went for 700k like three years ago. Today, went for 5k. Ouch. You know, and like <laughs> fantasy cards in general, like I think had a bit of a boom in itself. And so they are maybe had a bit of a understated wave of that also to an extent. But that doesn't mean it doesn't, like you say, come back again in the future. But it's what... What brings it back? Is it just the cards or whatever? Or is it kind of what we're talking about? If these are like super rares and uniques in particular, if that's where we're talking to, that should be the aspirational part of the game that people do aspire to. Um, mm. If they are like high high roller stakes cards or whatever, you know, what does that mean and what are they building around that? But equally, like when you're saying as well, um, well, like somebody like AJ never went in for the Sancho, right? I know from like the two or three uniques I've got knocking around, and you'll know this as well, and anyone as well, like, I urge this all the time in my content as well, when I'm talking about, like, blues and blacks, like, it's the exact same principle as you're looking at yellows and reds, like, it makes no difference, it's the same thoughts and worries I've got with extending and paying more money and competitions, are they actually worth it, it's crappy tears and the price pool and, you know, whatever, it's the exact same thing, you know, so we're, we're in the same boat in that respect, but when I see that, so... Like, that Sancho is a very unplayable card at unique level. Like, if you're really going for it, like, is he playing? How many minutes does he get? And, you know, how good are Man United most most weeks anyway? 
in that situation or not. Apex smasher, you know. Yeah. Um, so that kind of comes into it. But also, I love the fact now that that is a problem for these guys and they have not got the resources to continue hoovering them up. And somebody like a Carlos Soler for 1.3 ETH, like, see you ever won that? See, if I had 1.5 ETH, I would have won that. You know, yeah. Bellamaz not taking me to 3 ETH on Carlos Soler on the bench for PSG, mm. you know. I could take that as a unique, and that would be a great one for, like, anyone who's listening to this podcast now as an example. A guy like that, it, you know, and I've seen uniques go for, like, half an ETH and some other crazy stuff, right? And it doesn't need to be that. It could be rares, could be any colour you want to think about. Yeah. You know, but if you can get one of them that you really fancy, just locked in and, like, you know, the, the price of acquisition. I've done it with a bunch of cards. It's not your concern. Yeah. The, the concern for me is getting the guy for whatever the reason is, you know. Yeah. Then um, it's never been more appealing for people i think in that respect no. if you're already in the game and you're not like looking around and worried about you know if you're quite enjoying yourself having fun and all yeah. this stuff is kind of like i don't experience this because i feel that sometimes when i see all this stuff out there and i feel maybe is my head a wee bit up my backside sometimes that i don't feel a wee bit because i'm just i'm quite a positive person i think overall yeah. in general you know but you know like i don't feel a lot of this stuff and maybe there's other people out there that feel the same maybe i'm alone i doubt it but maybe i am but mm. that's kind of how i feel as well it's like there's and I've not felt like that in a while with Soria cards, like in terms of like, oh, I'd love to just go and drop five ETH on them right now. I'm, I'm similar, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> I know. And again, but in the, in the in the scheme of balance, it's that one where I keep seeing people saying that like prices are cheap, so cheap. Connie, we've been here before with platforms. I'm not making comparisons, but I have felt before with certain platforms, it can't get cheaper. It can't get cheaper, but it keeps getting cheaper. So yeah. maybe it doesn't keep getting cheaper. I, I honestly don't look at my my portfolio value. I really don't care. Um. I care, but I don't care enough to check it every day or every week. But, like, I want to do that. When I go and look at Uniques, and again, I said the show would be more structured, and here we go, so we'll move on soon. But, like, looking through the, some of the Uniques that have went and what they went for, Bella Kotchap went for 3 eighth, Schick went for 1.9 eighth. Just looking for significant names. Lee Labada, uh, 1.5 eighth. Tyreek Mitchell, um, 0.66. Kyle Walker-Peters, 0.52. Absolute steal, I was looking at that Tyreek Mitchell. You know, Human Son, 4.2. Ollie Watkins, an amazing form. Unique, 1.4 ETH. 62L5, ticking away. Belter, right? Matoma, 3.4. Um, Saliba's over 7. Vinicius Jr. went for over 58th a week ago. So, you know, I mean, we're not we're not dead in the water yet, guys. But Logan, 3 ETH. Um, Palacios, Still, I would have got him one point three eighth. I'm gonna keep an eye on this unique market because if another like a if a Ollie Watkins comes up or something or a I don't know a lot of these players Palacios at one point three, Neil Maupay point three four nine eighth. I know it's Neil Maupay, Maupay, but he's twenty six. This is a guy who's probably destined for the bloody championship or something. Anyway. Yeah, that's unique. Watch. Let's move on in the interest of moving on. We've had our talk about sentiment, but it's but but it does scale, John. See if you look at some rares, like there's some rares of different oh, standards. If you were a prices. if you were a limited player and you started in the last couple of months, John, sorry, can I keep this point on? But no. like I've seen earlier, like never have you, but never has so many people looked at Messi and thought I could get that in a month, you know, or something. And there's rare cards now. People are now looking at and going, "Wow, I could maybe get a rare goalkeeper." Like yeah. <laughs> you know, when I see like six months ago, never. That's just yeah. unimaginable for me, you know. And that, but, uh, that makes me happy that people see that. They mm. think, I could do that too. But I think this leads me on to the second point we're going to talk about. I'm, I'm switching them up. I was going to talk about the MLB and MLS, but I'm going to talk about Nick's tweets. So Big Nick, Nicholas Julia. Um, a couple of tweets this week sort of piqued my interest. And this comes in because you're saying about how things are affordable. I'll, I'll come back to how it's relevant, but... River So Rare commented on someone's post, AM Football, I'm not scrolling up too far in the conversation, but ultimately I went to Nicola Julia. River So Rare said, uh, what did you withdraw to? Honestly, the single biggest thing So Rare could do to boost the game and demand would be to set up their own fate payment process so that non-crypto people don't have to faff with unknown payment systems. Eighth and unfelpful TradeFi banks? Is that a thing? TradeFi? I don't even know. Nicholas Julia commented on that and said, coming soon. Now, underneath that alone, you know, there's the likes of Andy. Let's talk FPL. He's the big, single biggest FPL creator out there. And Andy's comment and we eyes under that. There's loads of other people sharing it. Everyone seems excited. I retweeted it and said, this, in my opinion, is the biggest thing they can do. Yep. 
I know, for example, Andy, big FPL player, blah, blah, blah. I know, I, I met him in Galway last year and he, he just didn't enjoy the crypto aspect of it. He couldn't be arsed with it, you know? And I get that. It is annoying. Setting it up, getting it done. Blah, blah. If they can make a very easy depositing and withdrawal process, in my, honestly, and, and this is speculation and blah, 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 blah. He said it's coming soon. It tingles my balls because I genuinely think that's Gary V-esque booms. I really do. Particularly at the lower end of the market. Wheels are going to make the effort. You know, if you're putting in yeah. 20 grand, you'll make the small effort. But if you're putting in 20 quid, 50 quid, 100 quid, it's significant effort. And the idea of trying to graft a wallet and do whatever to get 23 quid out of a game, you're not going to do it. So you can onboard half a million Premier League fans. But if your conversion rate to setting up ETH wallets and ever actually withdrawing a penny is 1%, 2%, 5%, well, I don't even know what the number is. It's low, though. If you can change that to a very simple type in your card details, bang, bang, that, the limited and rare market anyway, in my opinion, explode. And that'll trickle up because if their liquidity goes up, people want super rares to win, rares to win, more super rares to win, this to win that, to sell, you know, you know, liquidity just goes through the roof and then there's more people trying to scale up the game, more people on the ladder. So the fact he said coming soon genuinely really excites me. It does, like it properly excites me. I just hope it's... It's legit. Do you think there's a bigger thing they could do, or is that like the biggest now? No, I think I hoped this would have been out before the Premier League. Like, it was yeah. probably, I mean, you were definitely talking about this at some point, maybe in the drunk cast or something or somewhere, but like, it's a huge part withdrawals, you know, because it is like getting into, you know, that's what the limiteds are for. You know, Messi is achievable if you work hard and you play the game for a bit, and oh, you don't need to really you know, spend 300 quid, but if you buy a team for 50 quid and you bump and hustle and you win a guy and that guy you bought for 20 quid, he's now 40, do a bit of flipping and magic, or in a couple of months you could get any kind of guy. Mm. Those kind of generic people, like you say, they need that withdrawal mechanism. And like, I know from my previous life as a, a bit of a gambler, like you, like when you put, a, when people are after that kind of gratification of putting the, the deposit in to get the bigger withdrawal later on, like you want the withdrawal, when you want the withdrawal, you want the withdrawal, like, you know, mm. when you're ready to receive it, <laughs> it yeah. cannot get into your bank fast enough, you know, and literally, the, like, I made a withdrawal video, I think you've got one as well, probably, and, like, you can make it as slick as you want and trim it down and all the rest of it, but it does take a real, like, 15 minutes to action, and then yeah. in between time, there's a wee bit of buffer time, there's a wee bit of lag and whatever, and it's not now, yeah. which it needs to be. Yeah, it's, it's huge, too clunky, you're going to have to set up a wallet, is is already too clunky in my opinion yeah it was all great whenever so rare first came on the scene in 2020 nfts booming crypto ooh, everything's sexy 22 even but it's like it was all okay then because we all believed that it was going to be mainstream in four or five years we're pioneering this and at the forefront but it's kind of died in its arse for a bit so short term it's a problem long term i don't i still believe in a lot of it and you know i'm not i'm not shitting on that but i mean short term it's definitely a problem because confidence hasn't been lower in those in a long time and if you're trying yeah. to tell someone oh it's all an eth and it's this and it's that i don't know i just think it's a, a massively unnecessary barrier if they genuinely want to scale to the levels they want to scale you're just not going to without a really easy deposit withdrawal process but so that was the first yes. and next tweets the second and next tweets uh spicer who's been pretty i should ask spicer if he wants to come on he's been pretty vocal recently um he said something about they should have hired a gm for football no um a lock if i'm not wrong if I'm not wrong, not sure what he's focusing on, but market stabilization should be his highest priority, in my opinion. Nicola said it is. Market stabilization is. Alok um, and the team will be sharing plans about it and way more in several community podcasts in the coming days. And then Dan came on to that and said, just to clarify for everyone, we're recording the first one in the coming days and community podcasts will come out a little later after that. But the goal is to discuss some of the current concerns on our and our product roadmap. So... Yeah, they've said it, therefore I can say it. I'm going to be talking to Alok probably next week. Um, I don't have a clue what we're going to talk about. I might put out for questions. Make sure when I do, you give him everything, and I'll throw it at him, and we'll see what he says. Um, and then I don't know how much they'd want to censor that, edit it, do whatever, but ultimately I'm going to be talking to Alok. So it's exciting you know, to, to get comms from them. It's always good to get as many comms as we can. Um, but, you know... Just to kind of say that, you know, market stabilization is a big key. And I wanted to bring that up because it was another Nicholas tweet that they've put out there that they're going to be talking to us. So now, you know, I imagine they'll probably do one or two in each language or something because there are a lot of different communities, which we seem to forget at times. Um, Quinny, do you want to move on to the next part or have you anything else on next tweets? Uh, no, I'm all good. 
All right, next up. MLB and the MLS have launched. I have to say, I genuinely believe the MLS cards are incredibly sexy. I also think the MLB cards are my favorite cards I've seen on So Rare. Honestly, I, I genuinely believe that. I think like they just really, really pop. The gold ones are like... I just think they look so sexy. Um, and then these MLS ones are 10 times better than any previous MLS one, I believe. Do you agree, or what do you think? The baseball ones are pretty slick, um, I must admit. They are, they're, they're quite jazzy, you know, they're very busy, they're, they're, very nice. They're, very... they're saucy. Do, do you want me to explain them to you, right? Because whenever I did a bit of work with them, they were explaining this to me, right? And I know this is proper company spiel now, right? But if you look at a baseball card, you can see the stitching along, like, the triangles. So, like, oh, yeah. okay, so if you see it, if you look at it, one quinny. Yeah, yeah. So you see the kind of triangle above their head. Mm-hmm. So that whole like triangle, it's actually like a, a a diamond. That's like the the baseball actual. I don't know what do they call it. Their pitch. field, you know, where they go around the yeah. Yeah, the pitch. Um, and then they've got the the stitching element, like the baseball. The stitches that's huge in their baseballs. How you hold the stitches, and all's a big thing for pitchers. And then the name thing is like the plate. You know that they stand and I think they bat off the plate through there. They pitch from it. So there's Ooh. actually a lot of yeah, nods yeah. to baseball within the card that an untrained non-baseball person wouldn't notice. That's so like fun. I, I think like the them. gold is like proper gold, which I like Pops, it. Doesn't it. It does, and I think the blue one catches a lot of eyes too, the super rare. What do you think of the unique? So, when I was over there, I was talking to baseball players. They all picked unique. I don't know if they, it was because they knew it was unique. I think it looks well. I just don't think it pops as much as the super rare or limited. Yeah. It's different. Do you, do you not like it? I do, but I don't. I can, you, don't. Looks... you don't. Just say it with your chest, man. You don't. I can tell you don't. No, but it's, I don't know. You'd still take it's one. Just catch the eye. <laughs> I'd still take one. I'd still take one, sure. That's probably the way of putting it. Yeah, I don't mind it that much, but yeah. I like but the limited. I think the limited are quality. Yeah. But we're in consensus. All cards released look banging. Have you anything else on the... Oh, the, one other thing I wanted to mention on the fact that the MLS is, and this means very little to me, but it'll mean a lot to some. They're covering the League's Cup, which is a new competition between MLS and League MX coming this summer. Um, and the prize pools will update before Game Week 357 closes for submission. A lot of people are very happy about this. Um, yeah, extra utility, man. Yeah, well, extra utility, exactly. Amazing. Um, I have a few MLS this is like, cards. It's like the best teams in America versus the best teams in Mexico. So, mm. like, based on that, I don't know, but like, don't know exactly all the qualifiers, but it is going to be like the better teams. So, if you have mm. a better MLS team, then more game time. Unreal. Um, well, have you anything else in the MLB or MLS cards coming out the timing of it and all? I'm excited for the MLB season personally now because I did enjoy it last year because I kind of just spunked teams in and prayed, kind of like I'm doing with the NBA at the minute. It's just another little lottery the, ticket each week. The timing thing, I think it was the Andrews, or it might have been, it was on Story of Data somewhere anyway, one of the shows on that channel. Um, but normally, it was them that kind of highlighted it recently, last week or something, but normally it's Korea that would come out before America. Yeah. And it is America, it's been the new, it's been the first non-EU issue we've had. You know, we've not mm-hmm. had any Boca or any Argentina with any description, you know. Um, so there has been some speculation around some of the, the Asian market, as it were. And yeah. It's definitely not a good sign that MLS came out before it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but they've been saying that's been like that. That that took longer to negotiate. So maybe yeah. it wouldn't be. They've they've said that, so we know it's taken longer than it did in their previous deal or previous years or whatever. Maybe it was just locked in. So I think it's always expected it was going to be a bit later. I don't think I don't know if it, like it's not like they're going to hold MLS to wait until it's ready. Do you know what I mean? It it yeah. doesn't look great. I'm not gonna lie, but I don't think it's a, I don't think MLS coming out makes it look worse. Maybe sure. I'm okay. maybe I'm full of shite. Maybe I am full of shite, Quinny. I am quite often. Um, well, those were our three talking points. We've lots of little segments here. We'll try and rattle a few of them out. Maybe I have absolutely misjudged this. Um, but to break it up, all this heavy chat, I'm going to tell you my story of the week. So skip forward if you don't give a fuck about my story of the week. It's the best story I have from the previous week in my life, Quinny. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm buckled up. This is a story I'm going to title Coincidence. Okay? So I was driving to the airport. was going over to Barcelona. Had a great time. It was a Saturday morning. Driving down the M1 to Dublin from Belfast. And I'm pulling... I'm coming up towards the airport exit. And on the left... I was in the outside lane. And on the lady... I didn't know it was a lady at the time. But the car 
on the inside lane, on its far side, there was something dangling. And I said, like, what's that? It was their petrol cap open, and even the actual cap cap dangling in the wind. Not just the wee flap. Yeah. The both flaps. Blah, 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 blah. Don't know if any petrol was coming out or not. I don't really know the crack. But ultimately, it wasn't a good thing. You know, we didn't want that happening. So I tried Agreed. to pull up beside them, drive at the same speed, reduced a little bit, trying to give them a bit of this, bit of that. Eyes on the road, great driver, 10 to 2, hands on the wheel, straight ahead. She would not look at me, no matter what I did. Honk the horn, wouldn't look at me. Maybe she was a bit intimidated. That's fine. Kind of just pulled off, um, and she pulled off. There was two lanes to pull off in two. She was in the inside one, I was in the outside one of the little slip to go to the airport. And in my lane, there was traffic lights. I could have went all the way up to the front, but there were two cars in her lane, and I knew if I went to the front, I wouldn't be able to tell her. So I sort of stopped about where she would line up. So I get there, and I put down my window, and I start waving and waving and waving and waving, and she opens her window, and I said, your petrol cap's open. And she goes, oh, shit. And I went, yeah, I was trying to get your attention. She's like, oh, okay, uh, thanks. Drove off, Grant. Forgot about it. Thought, this is great, wonderful. But don't worry, guys, I'm not just virtue signaling. This isn't a story about how amazing John is. Go round the roundabout into the airport, get parked into the airport, chill out for an hour and a half, two hours maybe, get a bit of food, do a bit of this, do a bit of that, sitting there, acting all cool. When we, you know what you do in the airport, you plug in your wee laptop and you've got your wee headphones and you look like your old business when really you're setting so rare lineups and doing things <laughs> that bums do. Yeah, acting like yep. the man. Go up to the gate to check in and I look at my boarding pass, Quinny. And I had put my name in as John Nelly, not John Nellis, an, an E instead of an S. Now, I've been here before. I've seen this before. I've, 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 <laughs> I've rode this bike before. I've seen it. They're going to charge me 40 quid at the gate. They're going to charge me 80 quid at the gate. They're going to make me change the name and blah, blah, blah. So I queue up and I go to hand my passport and my little boarding pass over. And you'll never guess who it was. Wasn't it the lady whose petrol cap I told was open? She looked oh. at it. She said, John Nelly. And I said, oh, uh, yeah. Handed him a passport and she said, it's Nellis here. And I said, and she didn't really clock me. And I said, you're the lady who I told about the petrol cap. And she went, oh, it was you. And I said, yeah. And she was like, oh, I got it closed. She was like, ah, don't worry about this. Go on. So me being a good guy paid off for about two and a half hours. Saved myself 50 quid for a name change or more. Isn't that just a mad coincidence? Of the thousands of people in Dublin airport, that lady was the one that checked me and let me away with a spelling mistake. That's the story of the week, guys. And now I've ratted her out. She worked for Welling in Dublin Airport on the 17th, (laughs) on the 18th of March. Uh, uh, she she a drove a, a green fate punto. <laughs> Go after her, Welling. Fire that lady. Customs get rid of her. But yeah, what do you think? Nice story or no? I liked it. It felt very much like it could have been like a little mini sequence in a heist movie, mm. like when the, the heist is coming together. You know, like we need yeah. to somehow get you on the plane with a fake ticket or something. So mm. at the petrol station, make sure the cap's left off. And then, yeah, something like that. Get this. out of the lights, sort of Yeah, Ocean's Eleven. Um, so there we go. I'm gonna have to struggle and try and find a better story for next week. Right. Um, time for pump permission, Quinny. Now, based off time, I want you to rattle these at me. Pump permission. Oh. It is when I give you permission to pump three players of your choice. No guilt. Don't care about people going out here and spending their hard-earned cash and losing it all. That is on them. This is a pump. Quinny is. Absolutely coming at this with rose-tinted glasses. Give us three players. One's going to be under 23. One's going to be someone who you think's a bargain. And then we've got one extra, which, like in so rare, can be anyone. Brilliant. Um, I was actually... Well, I thought if, it's, if the segment's going to be called Pump Permission, then I guess everyone's going to be talking about their own cards. So I thought oh, I'd yeah. have to... Drive the value up, set... baby, and then flip it into these <laughs> unfortunate people's arms. I won't be flipping any of mine. Right, but yeah. The, so the under twenty three one was an easy one because he's getting linked to everyone across Europe at the moment. I picked up at Superware not too long ago. It's everyone's favourite Spanish wonder kid at the moment, Gabri Vega. His centre of ego at the moment does AA defensively and offensively for fun. Gets goals, gets assists, box to box attacking midfielder. I would say is a lazy thing. Is a lazy thing, like Spanish words. Is probably what you're kind of seeing on the pitch. If you know what I mean, okay. like. So, tidy wee guy, linked to Real Madrid, linked to Arsenal, linked to everyone and anyone that's got a few quid and needing, you know, a bit of quality in their team. Mm. So, yeah, big fan of him, been watching him all season. And, uh, yeah, just if you're after an under-23 mid, look no further. Uh, even, in, even in the way he plays, if he takes a step up, I wouldn't worry too much about him. Maybe getting him started might be an issue here and there, but playing won't be a problem. 
So that's Gabri Vega, V-E-I-G-A. Love it. Yeah. On to the next one. Very in line, coincidentally, with MLS just dropping today. Now, one of my favourite cards that I've got is... Reed Santiago Baker Whiting. Oh, I was trying to just no. guess because you always loved him. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm so glad you remember that. That's a good one. I'm going to see if he does have cards. But um, it's Santi Rodriguez. Now, he's just came back to NYC from, like, he was on loan last year from, like, one of the other Man City teams. And then it was only, like, last minute brought back to MLS before the window closed kind of thing because he was trying to move to Europe or something. Didn't happen. Or Brazil. Anyway, he... I knew he wouldn't. It's probably pretty much now confirmed. I think he doesn't have a new season card. He is currently for a rare 0.2 Ethereum. He is also under 23. He's also on the majority of set pieces for, yeah, I'm looking still old season picture for him for New York City. And to compare you and contrast you, like Ryan Gold, probably very similar, not under 23. is like treble the price at the moment. He's going to hold his multiplier because he's not going to get a new card. So if you've got one behind XP What's the already. Santi. Santiago Rodriguez, just like your best pal, John. Santi Rod, we call him. <laughs> <laughs> Santi Rod, I see him. Just like your best yeah. pal. <laughs> yeah, I like Rodriguez's. Yeah, this looks okay. Santiago Rodriguez. Sorry, I didn't mean to butt in. I just wanted to go and have a look at his data while you were chatting. Is there anything else on him? That's pretty much the size of it. He has some nice historic scores there, doesn't he? He loves to be 93 or a 91. He, he For the price, pace. he's good, man. You yeah. Know. Midfielder, always handy. We bit that XP bonus going as well. Mm. And uh, the last one, which was just an extra you gave me, um, probably, and again, I put a kind of like posty tweet out about him about a week ago or something, but uh, it's big Enes Unal, the striker at Jatafe. He's had another great vein of form. This guy does get veins of form. You know, I've just mm. seen that to a pal. Like, Unal will probably score like 15 to 18 goals a season, the way he's going now, but he'll get them in batches of six or something, probably, oh, or he'll get them in... Wow. Yeah, he gets punches and bunches, you know. When he goes for it, he goes for punches it. But he's a really... <laughs> aye. But, mate, he's a really great, big target man striker. Presses the line well. He's got a really good touch. Very unselfish. He takes a mean penalty. And uh, he... If, Jatafe's form's kind of recovered. Maybe they get into Europe, right? But uh, this guy could play for any team in the Premier League. This guy could play for any team in Germany. If anyone else in Spain wanted him, it would be no problem to step up. Uh, I don't see why he would go to Italy. I don't see why he'd mm. go to France. But he only goes somewhere and is brilliant. He's not young. He's not going to get a huge premium or anything, but he is a proper forward, like proper, you know. Well, I'm looking there, and in his last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games, he's got nine, well, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight goals. Eight goals in his last seven games. Big man smashing. Um, I love it. So that was Quinny. That was your pump permission. I'm not going to chirp in. I, I want this all on your head. But I, like they're really interesting. I'm actually like... It's funny because I know every week people are going to hear you... people The guests say names. And then they'll hear this. <laughs> Me clicking away. Um, so, there we are. Three players. Love it. On to So Rare R&D. Research and development, baby. Give me one feature you'd love to see implemented to So Rare. Now, imagine this. All right, so, like, me and you both love the NFT aspect of Sorare. I recently brought back Club Legend Memphis to Pi, and I've done that with some other cards. So I was like, mm. other owners of The same card? The same card. I got back oh, I OG that. Memphis. Yeah. I mean, got I mean, back OG Memphis. Yes, quality into it. <laughs> yeah. For me, point one. Point one. Do you know what I might try and track down? My first ever card was Zielinski, but I don't know which it, one mate. it was. Now, see my feature I'm going to recommend for you, right? See when you find them, you're Zielinski. As you probably know on Soria, you can heart a card. You can kind of favourite it on the site with a wee heart. Now, I do that for anyone. So you've got one of mine, John. You've got a Sani, as you know. And I think you may have another one lying around somewhere. I'd give you a bag for, what, 2.1 ETH or something, was it? (laughs) (laughs) So so any cards like that I'm precious about, or maybe ones I'm targeting, might be a jersey number or something, you know. Uh, I like to put those little heart things on some cards because that's just the way I roll. But mm. there is absolutely no way of finding a list of them, filtering the market by them. The only way I know I've hearted it is when I look at it, I see the wee heart shining back at me. So there's no list, there's no, there's no, fil- there's no way of aggregating it all and saying yeah. they're all my stark the cards I'm trying to, you know, keep a track of in case they become listed for some reason, you know, um, or change hands. Which is just a wee one because you said bonus yeah. points if you'd never heard of no, it. No, I'd, I'd never thought. heard of that. I'm, I'm, I'm actually like underreacting 
because I'm currently trying to work out which one was mine. I thought he was a 30-something serial. I can't find him, though. So I'm going to go off and try and find my Zielinski. But no, I, pre- I think that's the easiest feature. thing to do. See if you're going to store your data and your lineup builder and just throw it all the way back to game week 100 or something. That's the one. I'll do that all fair to save time, but you're yeah. right. I like that feature. Um, and it's one I haven't heard. So bonus points to Quinny. There you are. So rare. You're listening. Um, all right. Next one up. We're going to do a couple of listeners' questions. So first one's from Joel So Rare. How can So Rare be more enticing for the higher end, unique and super level? Um, I feel like not many wheels have emerged recently, leading to less demand for uniques and super rares. And I somewhat agree from the argument PSU fans made on the So Rare Data podcast this this week. I haven't listened to all that. I listened to about 30, 40 minutes. Sorry, guys. I will listen to the rest later. But um, did you hear that argument? And if not, it doesn't matter. We can still talk about the question. We've already kind of referenced it earlier in the podcast. I was going to say that. I think um, a, a little bit of what I brought to that conversation, I think it was probably some leftovers from me listening to that as well. And I think we I think we probably even referenced Soria Data at that yeah. point as well. But yeah, I think like, like, yeah, like high roller status has to mean something, you know, like mm. for it to be like what, it, you know, like if you look at the price of what Haaland went for, you know, like what do you need to do to give that value across? You know, like what yeah. does, <laughs> you know, having the best of the remember that? You, and, you know, and all the rest of it, for the next five years and then for this whole kid, you know, what does that get you, mm. you know? So it needs to, you know, need to really go against it because a lot of people, I guess at that level of the game, and that's probably a part of the reason that um, they they carry the cross that they carry, is they do feel that they've maybe like pseudo supported the company with the purchase of these uniques, you know, by, because they know, like, where does the money go? If you buy a unique Haaland, it just goes straight into their pocket, you know? Mm. Like, obviously there's some fees to cut off it and whatever, you know, but... It's um, you know, you're under no illusion who's taking your money in the transaction. Let's put it like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So maybe for the maybe for the previous part, maybe they felt I don't know a little bit like, um, yeah, like that's the way it's been going. But now it's like, well, that's not really what this, the uniques give you to an extent because everything's now getting focused towards the bottom, whereas the focus at the top, you know, and it's just maybe a wee bit out of line. But see, I think we've kind of. Yeah. I can't even think of anything new to say about any of that. I'm sorry. No, no, <laughs> okay. I think to be fair, I think I wanted to shout out because it was one, I'm only going to try and pick our three favourites each week. Joel, you made it in, uh, but I think we referenced it earlier. Shoshi, let's play dot so rare. You both own quite a large and diversified gallery with lots of rare cards. Have you ever considered significantly consolidating and trimming your amount of rares in order to progress further up the scarcities? I have absolutely considered it every day I've played the game, but I just don't have the conviction to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I went through a mini spell of it like I don't know a while ago whenever I like what did I do I tried to sell someone remember I bought, I bought an Exion Fleming so rare data strategy show Sean and Andrew gave me some feedback and I tried to do it and it just it takes a lot of work and you know what it is when the market's down and this is the hard part it's meant about mentally shifting Quinny when I look and I win a Leon Bailey and I win a this and I win a that and you're looking at their prices and it's not point not eight, not point not nine, not point not five, one not point one three. I'm like, I'd rather just hold it. But then what I need to realise is if I sell a few of those, there's unique mob pies going. Do you know? Yeah. So it's about the mentality shift of the whole market start. It's not just your cards. So maybe yeah. I do need to shift because I've got a load of random like I'm not gonna say dead wood, but like cards that I will not use be using like recently in terms of rares i've won a shea adams ben yetter is a belter rafael carioca jang sung won gundawan salisu maxi gomez suso jed spence osmo ryan yates leon bailey hector herrera luke thomas all honestly all of those manuel benson vojvoda ojeda i will probably use wissam ben yetter out of them the other ones will be filling up cap 220s and maybe a wee cap 240 if their average looks good. You know what I mean? So yeah. could I sell all of those, get 0. 0.5, 0. 0.6, 0. 0.7, eighth in the bank, and go and pick up a unique? Shoshi, I think that's what I should be doing. Quinny, does it cross your mind? Uh, well, I don't... I'm not excited to sell anything at the moment, to be quite honest with you. You know, like, uh, sometimes, like, probably for the last, like, year and a bit, like, you know, I've, I've sold... You know, we were talking about it earlier. You know, I've sold some cards for a lot of money. And like that's kind of the way I've looked at the price of cards. It's like, oh, when they get too expensive, like I need to, I need to sell that at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of been my mentality with it. But so when they're at the price they're at now, I'm kind of like, I was close to selling works mentally and with market listings and offers received 
about three months ago for like three ETH or so, you know, <laughs> give or take. And now he's bouncing about one to one and a half, you know, and I don't even know what the difference in price of ETH is if there is one. Yeah. Um, as an example, so but I'm not like but Hendo wins or works and he's buzzing to sell that into the market because he can then go and get some bits and bobs and he does that. Yeah. But I'm looking at it and I'm like, no nah, man, I was like, it was <laughs> it was not long ago people were messaging me and I was knocking back offers of two point nine and all the rest of it. So yeah, it's so I'm not motivated to sell anything. So for me, it's more a case of kind of what the situation what? you're in in terms of busting away at wins and just trying to get cards in that way. But is that again that comes back to me saying like I I hear you. I'm not motivated to sell anything. But is that just a psychological piece of bullshit? Because these super rares and uniques are also about. down. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Because, because like it's different with the verts, know. right? Maybe. Maybe the premium cards are different. But in terms of clearing out the shite, I mean, you could clear out the shite and then the stuff you want is probably down in price as well. It's all relative. Ugh, I don't know. I'm not clever enough to know this. Like the relative pricing of shit versus premium because the premiums held, hold their price a bit better because of the demand don't they yeah just because it's a recognisable name something that everyone will pick up but I'll put it this way it. would I rather a Salisu a Shea Adams and a Suso or a Unique Mopai I'll take the Unique Mopai maybe I'm way off in value but of course you would probably but that's what's on the table right now it's just about seeing it because the Uniques are so low in value maybe this is a time where I need to go and ditch 15, 20, 30 rares onto the market for shite accumulate three eighth and go and pick up three an ezekiel palacios a mop high and a something super rare do you know what i mean because that's what's happening yeah that's it people are gonna well, think I, think I, need I... I think he's shite but i just think like for that like 0.349 for a unique is just mad for a player that actually plays premier league football and has scored goals in the past but totally he scored shite. anyway um anything else on that one Quinny? Uh, well, I say I, I just don't really think about selling, unfortunately. So it's one of those ones where I say I think it's a great time to be buying. It's a great time to be mm -hmm. in the market as such. You know, if you are in acquisition mode, then I think you've got a, you know, you've got, you know, <laughs> so you have a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. So, but as I say, I'm not like I'm looking at guys like Greg Taylor at point oh six. I'm like, there's no point in selling him for point oh six because who am I going to get that's a defender of that caliber that's anywhere near that price or whatever, yeah. you know. Um, what's you know versus having a hundred quid or something? It's not worth it. I'd rather have Greg Taylor. Is is I'm trying to find a cheaper example, you know, but just to give the same uh, kind of point down the bottom end. But yeah, so that's kind of like I think it's never been appealing to move up. And again, we've referenced that quite a bit in the pod. Like, no matter what colours the cards you're looking at, like you know, everyone knows probably like, oh wow, by the way, that's actually not too far away from me where things yeah. are now. If you're only thinking about the game, that's brilliant. Yeah, I'm having a look there. I think I drastically overestimated the price of some of these guys. But I'm just having a look at what's a Ben Yedder worth. Mm. I love Ben Yedder, though. I also have Diada. Ben Yedder's quality. And I have Nuble. I could probably go and build a full Monaco stack. Hmm. Anyway, did you bring Diada back in, or did you win him? No, I won him. He was like one of the first cards I bought like back in the day. If I go to my gallery yeah. and go to like my oldest cards now, um, we have I think still, I still got the Zelensky and whatever but yeah Koulibaly and Diada are my oldest two 10% Nubel's a 10% Vanekin's a 10% Rasmussen Mulder Tavares Sergio Oliveira Teon Miners, Nuno Mendes Parejo these are all my OGs De Kaiser I actually had Maxime De Kuyper two years ago so I'm an OG um, yeah. but anyway yeah right Marco Sullivan asks, if Gary V or someone with a similar big name in the NFT space purchases 30 ETH worth of top players in SoRare, will this change the overall sentiment in the market or not? Uh, I don't think it would change the overall sentiment, no. no I don't think it would I don't really... think it's close to enough. Like yeah. that, that exact example, I don't think it's close to enough. If someone came in and spunked 30 ETH, 50 ETH, 70 ETH, 100 ETH, whatever it happens to be, and they were a big enough person that it's actually their actions and tweeting about it brings in a further 250th from people. If I don't know, with Gary V, Gary V only bought a few cards. It wasn't Gary V. Well, a team. I kind of get your point. I'm trying to, maybe I'm taking this question a bit too literally. If they come in and did that, it's not the action of them doing that that's enough. I don't think if you dumped 100th under this market, it's enough. Or 200th, I don't know what the number is. But if them doing it, 
it's all about how much they communicate that they're doing it. If they do it in the shadows, no one gives a shit. If they're tweeting about it three times a day for four days and saying how much they love so rare and they keep mentioning it and they build a team and they win their first reward and this is someone of Gary V status within the NFT world, it absolutely helps. Yeah. If they're saying that the value sure. proposition here is crazy and blah, 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 what a time and they bring a further thousandth behind them of random crypto DJs. You know, that has that helps, doesn't it? It definitely adds buoyancy into the market like it did before. There's no two ways about it. But it doesn't like, um, let's say like the man in the street that's maybe bought a team before the World Cup and their galleries have in value. Like, yeah, sure. Like any buoyancy that comes into the market, they can they can uh, maybe get rid of some cards they don't fancy anymore and go get some new shiny ones or something. will be nice. But it doesn't like, um, I don't think it really changes anything that materially anyone's, you know, the, the main thing people are worried about when it comes to card prices is like the supply and like how many rewards are coming out and how many auctions are going out. And actually, one thing that I noticed about the MLS thing as soon as it came out is the auction volume's right low. Like, New York City, all the main clubs, have only got like five rares auctioned out in the first wave. You know, normally you get like a full team will get a rare yeah. with one, one, one issue each guy, you know. Uh, so it's really tame. So, I don't know, I think there's other measures that will probably kind of maybe balance off that. But I see, I don't think... Uh, uh, a celebrity or a like influencer or something like that. I don't think it really touches the sides, unless it's unless it is like see the way we've got like uh, like Tony and maybe an extent like Griezmann and some of these guys. See if you've got like Messi putting a team in every week mm. and stuff like that, and you get Mbappe putting a team in every week, and they're actually picking a team and they don't need to be tweeting about it and doing videos or whatever. But like I think that's bigger than having I say random influencer man. It's not a football player. Your top players. Aye, like Mbappe's actually playing his team every week. Look, but he finished, you know. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, yeah, I don't think of much more on that. I think it definitely helps. I think it's great. I mean, bring come on, come all, and all that. But like, yeah, I, I think like it's not bad. <laughs> not no, it's, it's definitely not bad. It's just it depends how big we're talking. If Gary V started shouting, like, let's pretend it is Gary V. If Gary V started shouting about it again. And saying the value here is insane. They've been hit because of the NFT this, but realistically, the value proposition, blah 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 blah, for proper football fans is insane. And da da da. I don't know. I think it's all good. Let's hope it happens. Yeah. Um. Okay. So rare data. Bring this podcast to you. Thanks, so rare data. Um. I use it every day. Quinny, what? <laughs> I'm doing the. I'm doing the. I'm doing the crowd. Oh, wow. I thought you were gonna. Wah, wah, wah. No. <laughs> so rare data. <laughs> Yeah, let's Bit go. Of them. Good guys. Yeah, I use them every day. Do you use them every day? Yeah, twice a day if I can. Yeah, more, more, more than <laughs> twice a day on weekends. Uh, so rare data. You can get two weeks free at their top tier. Give it all a crack. Use the link below or sign up using code John Ellis. I think I rant and rave about it enough, but like I've used it already in this podcast about eight times. Checking values, checking scores, checking um, everything. I use their lineup builder to build all my lineups now. Um, absolutely invaluable to me. Um. Yeah, can't recommend them enough. So check out the link in the description. Quinny, we're gonna wrap up with the Cap Cup. Ooh. I thought it sounded kind of cool when I called it that. Three three-letter words, two with the same letter. The TCC, the Cap Cup. You're gonna pick three players for this weekend. We're gonna see how much they can outscore their cap by. Um, this is more for pride. I don't have a prize at the minute. I'm not saying there never will be, but I, I just think it's a nice one. I was going to do it like where you could tip players, but the reality is there's only going to be a few hours after this podcast goes out that people would have to put people on their teams. But who do you think is going to outscore their cap the most this week? And then maybe early listeners can go and find someone to fill in their cap teams. Uh, so I'm using players from Owen Gallery because it's easy. I'm just going to get their yeah. actual caps for the coming weekend just because that'll be relevant. No, no worries. Um, and the first one, very close to my heart, I went with Kieran Tierney, whose cap is 33. Scotland are playing Cyprus. Basically, I don't see any reason why he doesn't play 90 minutes and probably brings in an 80-plus score or something. Um, so, yeah, mm -hmm. should be clean sheet, decisive action, and a lot of possession. So, should be a decent one. Love it. Uh, and, and midfield, so I went a defender. We get a wee midfielder in. Keaton Parks, he's 42, away to Houston Dynamo. Probably will beat 42. Maybe he gets, he's been doing some 58s and stuff recently. So if he got a decisive on top, it could be something good as well. Love it. And um, the last one I had was Memphis Depay, whose cap is 40 points. Yes. And for the Netherlands, he is an absolute monster. So that's, I thought that would be, since there's a leaderboard, you know, I need to get myself out. When you, when you told me this was that, the, the kind of three players and there'll be a wee leaderboard, we'll keep track of it. I had like, 
Top Gear celebrity in a reasonably priced car vibes. <laughs> yeah, it's the same you know. vibe. <laughs> so get yourself on so, there. So I so, want a good score. I want to be top. Yeah, Tierney at thirty three looks a steal if he's going to be starting there. Keaton Park. And I want to mark that it's an international week as well. So you need to put a mark. <laughs> you're going to get a little, You're going to a little asterisk. <laughs> yeah, in fairness, and that, that leads to opportunity though because these guys might have shite scores because of the club performances, but they're actually international ballers like a Skriniar or someone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like t- what, Tierney. I'm going to say the asterisk yeah. is actually in your benefit, Quinny. This is the week to be picking. You're gonna you're gonna <laughs> lead from the front, right? It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been an art, guys. Let us know if you enjoyed the new format. If you're listening on podcast, please leave a review. If you're listening on YouTube, please like and subscribe. And you can find Quinny at Quinny three thousand and one absolutely everywhere. Tunes out, lots of tunes out, tunes out, churns out, lots of so rare content. Go and give him a follow, Quinny. Thanks for being my Quinny pig. <laughs> you bum, <bombed> Natalie. <laughs> See you later. <laughs>